You are now listening to High Five the Podcast, a movie podcast for people who like other stuff too. Now let's join our hosts Q and J as they broadcast live from the writer's room. The show starts in one... All right, Fivers, you're with High Five the Podcast. In the writer's room. As always, every week you are joined by me, your host Q, and me, your co-host Jay, who is also the host and better than most. Yes, that is a very accurate description of your job title. It actually says that on your business card. I have forgotten everything I just said. Perfect. Yes. Let's not forget by hopping in our flying car and checking out this week's episode, which is all about the top five dystopian future films. Get ready to be in a future you don't want to be in. Run by Trump. (laughs) Well, that's the dystopian future of today. Ooh, spooky. High five. High five. Should we high five? High five! High five! High five! High five! High five, son! Woo! High five! Don't let me hang it. All the vodkas I'm seeing, yeah. That's how we're just going to bring back every episode. Is this how we bring it's it back? Just, yeah. Cool. It's, just you it's a new kind of format, singing. so we just bring it back like it's that. real loose and goosey. <laughs> well, well, I love it. So, man, what what have you been up to this week? What have you been watching? Uh, not too much, man. I have, uh, let's see, what have I been into? Uh, oh, I know, I know we finished Stranger Things. Ooh, Dude, how was that? I fucking loved it. Yeah. It, I I still, I know it's relatively new in my mind, but I think that I might like it better than season one. I actually think I do like it better than season one. Um, did you get around to watching it? You were behind us. Um, I did get around to watching it. I binge watched it this past weekend. Amazing. Um, I finished it in its entirety. That's the way to do it. You almost have to binge watch like the last three or four totally. episodes. And it's pretty fucking good. <laughs> it's real good. It's pretty fucking good. I... This season has established that Dustin is easily my favorite character. Oh, no. I was going to say Dustin is my least favorite what? character. What? Dustin is awesome. No, he is that not. Little he's annoying he as shit. I know, but that's why he's so awesome. Nope. Because he's like the annoying as shit kid in an 80s movie. Nope. I like, there's always one. I wasn't into it at what? all. I mean, of course, Max chose right. You know, spoiler alert, whatever. Totally. Dustin doesn't win. So, But he gets to dance with Nancy, and that's super adorable. That's true. And his hair. Come on. It was, it was interesting. Him and Steve's bromance was was one of the best parts of the season. I can I'll give you that. That was fine. I liked that. So that was good. Great. I uh, I watched Brigsby Bear. Oh, I want to see that so bad. So good, man. It's so good. Uh, I will say this though, based off of the trailer, which I already was super sold on. I was like, yes, I want to see this. I'm into it. It was not what I was expecting. It was better than I expected. See, I like that. And different. I like that. Um, but for those who so don't know, is it like real serious? Yeah, kind of. It, it's um, yeah, it's a lot more serious than I thought it was gonna okay. be. Um, it, but it rides this real weird line of being like outlandishly silly, uh-huh. but also like really grounded and honest, and kind of so, like dealing with some for real like emotions and trauma and stuff. So would it be okay? The thing, the only thing I can think of to compare it to. From that description, have you ever seen David Gordon Green's Prince Avalanche? Yes. With Paul Rudd? Yes. Is it kind of like that? Because yeah. that in the trailer looked like it was going to be hysterical. Yes. But I would it say it is totally serious. It is totally along those lines. Maybe not as serious as that movie. Because okay. um, they deal with heavy subject matter, but they deal with it in kind of a lighter way okay. in this movie. Well, I've seen in the trailer there's like animation and shit in it. Yeah, it's weird. But um, concept Kyle Mooney from Saturday Night Live 
co-wrote the film, stars in it, produced by Lonely Island guys. Um, and basically this dude who's obsessed with this like childhood character, TV show character, Brisbane like a Bear, Bozo the Clown type show. Ty- totally. Awesome. Um, is obsessed for very, very specific reasons. You'd have to watch the movie to find out and sets out to finish this show, which ended before a proper finale could happen. And he decides to make a movie and it's, and he learns about himself along the way. Totally. He makes friends (laughs) and enemies. Yeah. So I watched that. um, Awesome. And also speaking of, friends and making friends and enemies i also watched ingrid goes west is that good that's all that's like saved at the top of our queue at home totally good oh man uh, okay Aub- aubrey plaza is awesome who is like i think my uh, a describes aubrey plaza as her spirit animal <laughs> i could totally well i right? don't know that i would want to claim that after this movie after this one yeah i think she's I, I know like, a, a, like april Maybe, I think she's thinking maybe April, April from, from Parks and Rec. Yeah. That's probably more of what she's thinking, but we haven't seen Ingrid Goes West. I, isn't she crazy in this uh, movie? Yeah. Yeah. She, and there's never, like, hiding that she's not crazy. Like, it's just full bore from the beginning of the movie. Is she good she's at it? She's a crazy person. Totally. I, I'll tell you, she killed it on Legion. Did you ever watch Legion? Um, With um, uh, Paul Bettany? No, no, we're talking no, about no. like the movie. No, no, not the movie. The oh, X, Legion, the X Men show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I watched it. She was awesome in that. This and is she's super. This crazy. is basically that character, oh, except like a stalker, except more timid. Yeah, and murdery. So, yeah, yeah. Maybe I hear it's like the modern day like single white female with social media. Yes, yeah. It's it actually feels kind of like it would fit right at home being a Black Mirror episode. Oh. Only because like it's not like sci-fi, right? But it definitely explores like the the toll on the psyche that social media plays and takes. I, so it's sort of like nosedive, but not with the yeah. future tech. Yes, totally, totally. Awesome. Now I have to say, and I haven't seen it, but does Elizabeth Olsen just k- kill in it? Um, <laughs> literally? No, no. But like, is she great? She is exactly like you would imagine any insta-famous person to be. That's kind of... Like, I... Very kind of hollow, um, yet, like, fascinating to watch. Yeah. Um, she, she does a good job. But by far, this is, like, Aubrey Plaza's, like... Vehicle? Dude. Like, if I she doesn't wait. get some sort of recognition off of this, like, I don't know... I don't know. It's the system's rigged. This, yeah, she's fucked. I, uh, I'm gonna, we're gonna watch it this week, and, and, and next week you, on the show, I'll tell you what. Who I think. did a great fucking job too? Um, Ice Cube son. You know he was good in Straight Outta Compton too. Yeah, I was like, oh shit, I think it's like O'Shea Jackson. Yeah, uh, yeah, I was like, this dude's like pretty. He's like charming. He's got like a yep. good screen presence. He's funny. Um, and he plays a dude that's obsessed with Batman. He's a writer. So you're going to like it. Yeah. He's <laughs> a writer in, in Los Angeles who is like, and I use writer in the loosest of terms, <laughs> who is writing an unauthorized Batman sequel. <laughs> so I like it's, that. It's I fucking like that awesome. Purpose. It's just so like quirky. Yeah. So definitely check out both of those flicks. I love Very that. high recommends. I love that. Hey man. So. Considering, I don't know if you've noticed, I know we've been talking about like what we've been up to this week, yes. but did you notice the fact that when we jumped ahead into the future after introing ourselves, the writer's room changed? We've got 
we're surrounded by just tires on fire as yeah. well as like there's dogs and cats just kind of like free roaming and like you said that one over there that one's got like three legs but one of the legs looks to be coming out of its head yeah you know i have to be honest you recently moved into a new place which is where we're recording yeah I just thought this is how you decorated. Oh, really? Yeah. Burning tires? Yeah. You think that's my like aesthetic? Well, you you said you like things hot, and I know you like things rubbery. Totally. Um, and so you know, all those are dumb <laughs> jokes. Wait till you see the gimp suit that I'm going to break out later. It's uh, it's both those things. Your 1984 both. gimp suit. Totally. It's both hot and rubbery. Wait till you see the 1984 Apple commercial onesie that I've got. Wait till you to see. Pull out. Speaking of dystopian future, the movie 1984. Based off of the book 1984. Starring John Hurt. Yes. Which the John may Hurt. or may not be on our R.I.P. Oh, my goodness. Uh, crosses. Yes, thank you. Yeah. Uh, the stations of the cross, man. Every time. Every time. For, uh, oh, spectacles, man. testicles, wall, and watch, baby. John Hurt. <laughs> All right. So the <laughs> they, that's it. That's how we That's how we pull out of that nosedive. Uh, you see, I referenced uh, nosedive again. See? Black Mirror. Right back around to a dystopian future. Exactly. Which, as we mentioned at the top of the episode, is our episode for today. The top five dystopian future films. So let's kind of talk about, A, what inspired us to to reach this list, and then what we chose as criteria yeah. regarding like how, how we formed our list. So why don't you so, open it up? For me, I think I proposed this list to us, and the main reason I wanted to talk about it was because you have seen Blade Runner 2049, and I have not yet. And I wanted an in- I wanted to use that movie as inspiration for this list so I could get you to tell me a little bit about how great that film, I imagine, is. Um, so what? that was... <laughs> So you've seen Blade Runner 2049. Yes. I haven't. That was That's, just a really weird way to word that question. It was. It was. I just wanted to, you know. You want, you basically, this entire list was a ruse just to hear me talk about Blade Runner 2049. Exactly. Got it. So. Noted. How was it? And to do that, I'm not going to tell you anything God about Blade Runner 2049. But that was the inspiration for this list is that movie is, is on my mind. I want to okay. see it. You've you've hinted to me at how good it is. Sure. And so that got me thinking about dystopian future movies. Totally. Which made me want to think about them more for this list. That's totally fair. And I will say that I jumped on your proposal of dystopian future movies because of recently seeing Blade Runner 2049. And it kind of reminded me how much I love living in alternate versions of our current world. There's just something depressing yet exciting about the the fictionalization of something you're like, Oh, that could be true, but it's totally not. Right. And you sort of push that way down. Totally. 100%. But it's fun to see how something could turn out knowing that you don't really have to live it. And I will say (laughs) in regards to Blade Runner 2049, I'll give you a little bit. Okay. Yay. Um, Blade Runner 2049 may be for me the best sequel ever. Ooh, over like, Terminator 2? Over everything. Man. And the reason I say that is because never have I ever, which feels like I'm going to... Right. (laughs) Touched a breast. Um, Never have I ever seen a sequel that was done with as much care and respect for the predecessor, but done by a different filmmaker and writer. Huh. Um, That it was almost kind of jaw-dropping. The amount, the amount of, the the amount of care. I mean, 
You're bringing a tear Din- to my eye. I know. Dennis, I'm crying Dennis Villeneuve is clearly... Is it Villeneuve or Villeneuve? I think it's Villan- Villeneuve. I'm going to say Villeneuve because it makes me sound prestigious. It does. Um, and not pretentious. No. I think you mispronounced it. Uh, he is clearly a diehard fan of the original. And... So he is what I would imagine, like what he did with this movie is what I would imagine every like deep seated fanboy of the original was right. like, if I could make this movie, this is what I would do. And he pulled it off. Yeah. And, and it, probably better than all those other fanboys could have. It did hopefully. It didn't feel forced. It didn't feel it did okay. I have reserved um kind of this critique for two movies. There is only two times that I have ever seen a sequel make the original better by existing. Uh-huh. Rogue One did that for A New Hope. I agree. Um, I actually feel agree like with you. I know we've talked about that. Rogue but One made A New Hope, which was already a great movie. Yeah. It made its existence better just and, by giving context. And even sort of fixed some things. Totally. 100%. It, it sort of permissibly retconned elements of the film. Um, yes, 100%. Then, um, the second part of that is this movie. Yeah. This is the only two movies that I've ever seen that have done that. Um, this movie for the same reasons, it kind of, Oh man, I feel risky saying. I feel bad saying it. It fixes anything because I don't necessarily feel one's like there were things almost to be perfect. Yeah, fixed, but it definitely adds more. It enhances context. the first one. Yes, it's awesome. because it's a continuation as opposed to being a prequel like like Rogue, Rogue, Rogue One. one. Yeah. it gives very satisfying endings and conclusions to some stuff that came before. But anyway. Well. The movie was awesome. It got me excited. It is not on my list. It's not on mine either, but but that's because I haven't seen it. Right. It might be if I had seen it. It's not on mine because um, it's not. Well, just – okay, and you can tell me your – well, tell me your qualifying Um, Okay, so what qualified a dystopian future for me? So you looked up the meaning of dystopian. I looked up the meaning of dystopian, which basically boils down to – And it made me think – it actually made me rethink because I had the wrong idea of what dystopia it was. It is a future setting that is unideal. Right. Yeah. It's upsetting. And I didn't realize that dystopian is the opposite of utopian. Neither did I until today. We, so what? we learned something. And it was like the wasn't the word created in like the sixties? Yeah. So something? basically a utopian future is an ideal perfect world. Right. And then a dystopian future is one that you do not wish for because things are kind of fucked up and something right. has gone wrong. So it's not, as I originally thought, was like Wasteland-esque. Right. That's kind of what I thought it was. But it's any unideal future, which once I learned that, I had to rework my list about three hours ago. Oh, for to sure. To add in some new things because they fit when I thought they didn't originally. Um, I totally, totally agree with you. Um. Were there any other criteria that you use? I know for me, one of the ones that, and I asked you about this, was does it have to be, does the plot have to revolve around a dystopian future but take place in another time period? Or does it have to take place within the dystopian future? Which we clarified as it has to take place, and at least for me, has to take place in the dystopian future. So things like Terminator, Terminator 2, like those were out for me right. because it takes place in our time period or even like 12 monkeys to a degree. Um, 
I had a very specific reasoning for my list. Okay, yeah, tell me. So I'm going to give you. Uh, so the the reasoning behind my list is this. I had a very long list of dystopian future movies. I wanted to give representation of each type of dystopian future oh. on my list. So is it ranked so they in are, the movie quality or is it ranked in the your preference of type of dystopian? Both. Oh god, dude, you're throwing so many I know. so many parameters so into this. So for me, well, it's just because I wanted like I didn't want a list of three different movies that all had similar settings. Because I think what makes a dystopian movie great is it gives you a unique perspective on a possible future. Actually, as you say that, I re-looked through my list and mine follow that same rule. There you go. Not so, But I didn't even think about it. The movies are listed by my favorite movies. But ultimately, I wanted to make sure that on my list there was a representation of the five, what I consider the five major types of Ooh. dystopian future. Well, you'll have to say which type it is as you go through. Okay. And then I'll try and do that with mine. All right. So should I start? Yeah, let's All do right. it. So top five. Here we go. Okay. Jay's list, top five dystopian future films. My number five is 1998's Dark City. Ooh, I like that. I love I that movie. I fucking love So Alex Proyas directed and wrote it. It was this follow-up to The Crow, and I think what by 100% is way superior. But, like, this was kind of the one, I don't know what category it would fall into. I would say science fiction-y dystopian future, I guess. Right. Uh, because they people have powers, you know, the, the, the strangers can tune time, which basically stops time. So they're called tuners. Okay. And that's what the main character guy has as well. Right. Um. For me, though, it almost – and I don't – and I'll, I'll play my hand a little bit. I don't have The Matrix on my list because this movie is sort of an inspiration for The Matrix in my opinion. Is They have similar themes. The, the style, the cinematography, and the art design is really very similar in the dystopian future. And the elements of you, know, you not being in control of reality, this a controlled city – all sorts of, in my opinion, lead to The Matrix. So that's why the Dark City is number five instead of that movie. But just, I mean, Kiefer Sutherland, Jennifer Connelly, William Hurt, uh, it's just a fantastic cast and in easily Proyas' best film. So for me, this is one that I can always watch. I watched it a shit ton growing up, and I just, I love it. I love that it's a noir mystery plus this weird science fiction-y dystopian sure. reality. No, I love that. And uh, that movie is one of my favorites because it mixes that noir and sci-fi, and that's one of my favorite like genre combinations. Yeah. I really think that those two kind of things fit together. Noir-fi. Yeah, you have this kind of like cool, retro-futuristic style in this movie. It's like steampunk, but not douchey. Yeah, but it's almost not even like it's it's not it's not because uh, steampunk tends to feel more like colonial times. Yeah. This is even like this is like the forties kind of. So you get this weird like it feels very Bioshocky. Yeah, now. you know what I mean. Yeah, Where you've got does. like this high technology, but in this very like lo-fi kind of yeah, like Roaring Twenties style. Type, yeah, yeah. Um, but I love that, and I yeah. really like Alex Proyas, and he's done some other really cool movies that I like. There's a movie that he did that gets a lot of flack, mainly because I think of the star of the movie. Uh -huh. um, but I. Personally, I really liked the movie. I thought it was really good. Uh, Knowing 
with Nicolas oh, Cage. Nic- Nicolas Cage. Well, that was that's based off of a Philip K. Dick story, isn't it? Right. Yeah, and the the story's real good. Right. I love the oh, wait, I wait, love wait. the film. Nope, 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 nope. Or no, is that one? Philip no. K. Dick is the is is another Nicolas Cage it's movie. Premonition or right. whatever that is. Knowing is the one where it's it's him and his son. I don't know. If and I've seen this there's one. I know I saw the other one. There's predictions about the end of the world, basically. Um, but it's really, it's a really good. Is this movie. one where they do like math and numbers yes. a lot? I have seen this one. Okay. Yeah, I like that movie, but it's Alex yeah. Proyas again, and uh, he did. I still that. like Dark City better. He was <laughs> attached to do a Crow reboot for a while. Well, that's still kind of in almost pre-production. I yeah. keep hearing. I think the last movie he did was terrible. I think it was. Did he do the Crow sequel? No, oh. he did. I think Alex Proyas did that fucking Gerard Butler. Nicholas Coster Waldau fucking Gods of Egypt movie. No, that was unwatchable. I'm pretty sure that was Alex Proyas. I'm going to fact check me. I am going to fact check you because that's going to make me real unhappy if he did that. Yep. Oh, he fucking did. did, Yeah. It went from knowing to that. Yeah. That movie is unwatchable. Yeah. Oh, no, I agree. Totally. He's just kind of going downhill because listen, it's it's dark city way high. Yep. I Robot, not terrible, but not great. Nope. Knowing, which is worse than I Robot. No, Knowing's better than I Robot. Really? Yeah, for me. Even Shia LaBeouf. Yeah, he's he's quirky in that movie. Yeah, All I right. would say it goes Dark City, uh, Knowing, I Robot. Those are at least close. And then yeah. Gods of Egypt is under the turf. Totally. That that it is. It's a, a garbage film. Oh, it is a fire. Yeah. I just film. I wanted to light my eyeballs on fire watching that movie. For sure. Definitely. I fell asleep twice and woke up and I was like, this fucking thing is still on. I hate it. I hate this. I'm going back to sleep. Um, so that's my number five. I like it, man. <laughs> I think that's Dark City is a good choice, man. Yeah. Good Kiefer Sutherland in that movie, oh, too. Oh, uh, come on. That's like the best Kiefer Sutherland. Um, anyway. Mm, I'd say no. Lost Boys is maybe best Kiefer Sutherland. Stand by me, man. Nah, still Lost Boys. Lost He's a Boys fucking is... like vampire. For me, he'll always be Jack Bauer. <laughs> oh, that's sorry. true. Yeah, twenty four is best. Yeah, best key for Sutherland is best. Oh, okay, so my number four. Speaking of four, yeah, my number four, Clockwork Orange from nineteen seventy one. Mm, solid. So Kubrick, far, we haven't matched lists at all. That's one of my favorite Kubrick movies. All right, I think it's um, one I've read the book, which I love. I sure. think the film. This is one where the film is superior to the book. Okay. And Kubrick makes it so much better. Uh, Malcolm McDowell is perfectly cast, and he almost he even almost went blind in the forced television watching scene. I did read about that, yeah. or saw an interview they with had, him, or something. They had to do it so that. many times that he went blind for like a day or two yeah. after the filming, of which it. is nuts. Oh, but there's there's something so clean and beautiful yet unbelievably disturbing about that film and the reprogramming, the reprogramming, and- just the way. One aspect that I really liked about the book, love about the movie, is that they take into consideration that language evolves. Oh, for sure. So, like, all the slang terms are, like, crazy. The the drinks and the milk bars, it's... Are they what are they droogs? Is that, yeah, is that a thing the in the droogs, movie? The yeah. droogs, yeah. And they're going to go out to have some nasty or terror or something like that. Right. I forget. And they have... That movie talks about ultra-violent. Yeah, that's it. They we're gonna have some ultra violence. Yeah, and it's basically it's like the purge, but just petty just, criminals, right? And but there's just the, the the scene where they terrorize the old woman in, in her upstairs like mansion, and the reprogramming everything about the reprogramming. It's there's something 
horrifying, horrifyingly beautiful about that movie. Sure. And it's definitely a future I want no part of. Oh, definitely. 100%. So that, for me, is, is why it's number four. I just, I love it. I love it, man. I'm a big Kubrick fan. Uh, I know. I, you know, all of his movies are, are kind of next level for me. I'd have to say, once again, if we're talking directors and where their movies rank for me, I would say... Well, you, you want to save it? Should we do a Kubrick episode? Um. Yeah, because we'll probably get it. We're not gonna do no. a Proyas episode because there's not no, enough. No, definitely not. But yeah, let's save Kubrick. Yeah, we'll I'll do Kubrick. You. But I will. I'll play my hand. Eyes wide shuts near the bottom. Uh, for sure. <laughs> so, definitely played my hand. Sorry. <laughs> oh guys. boy, Don't list. Have, you can skip the scrap Kubrick episode. the list. All right. So that's my five and four. What that's cool, man. I dig it. Uh. So my five and four. Oh boy, um, I'm excited. If Here we, we haven't shared any so far. I've, I've. I'm real happy with my list. All right. So my number five is. Idiocracy. I mentioned it earlier in the episode, yeah. I think. My my number five is Idiocracy. Now, this type of dystopian future is a... Um, it's kind of along the same lines as like a WALL-E uh-huh. um, in that it shows where we could... Or even I would fall in... I would put it in line with um, Back to the Future dystopian oh, future yeah. as well. Yeah. It shows a future where people have been reduced to their base human instinct. Yeah. So basically, this is an honorable mention of mine. By the way. Good, because <laughs> I I love it. But it's an awesome it's an awesome concept, and uh, it gives us so much to fucking talk about. Because <laughs> to be just like the other ones that I mentioned, Wally and Back to the Future, we're sort of living this future. We're living this future. This is our dystopian future. People have reverted to their base, like dumb animal instincts. And we have a TV reality star as president, is president, who is a brainless moron. Absolutely. He's a living Cheeto. <laughs> um, but um, I would be so much more on board for Terry Crews being president. <laughs> totally. Macho Camacho. <laughs> no, just like Terry Crews as a human oh. instead of Donald Trump. I thought you meant like the his character. Macho no, no. Camacho. Terry Crews just seems to have a good head on his shoulders. I mean, you know, his uh, huge, huge shoulders. If. If Trump would have come forward with a, uh, you know, giving plants what they crave electrolytes <laughs> stance, like platform, I would have been much more on board. Uh, like, but instead, he led with racism and he, xenophobia. He which watches is, my type of movies. Which is probably not what I'm into. Um, you know, on a poll, I'm checking the notes. Right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go ahead and say, spoiler alert, Q's not into racism, xenophobia, homophobia, you Any can, of the phobias. You can read about that on tomorrow's Hollywood Reporter. But you know what? Fuck spiders. I'm all about arachnophobia. <laughs> Let's get rid of fuck the spiders. Fuck a spider. If I ran for president, that'd be my platform. Be <laughs> fuck like, spiders. Taxes, whatever, but fuck spiders. <laughs> yeah, fuck them. Get them out of here. <laughs> make America spider-free again. <laughs> God, that never happened. You couldn't make it again. <laughs> it never started. Except uh. right now. Um. So, but idiocracy. So, Mike Judge is... A brilliant man. Brilliant. But he's... One thing he's super brilliant at is satire. So he is very brilliant at taking very, you know, um, obvious kind of things and kind of turning them up to 11. Which is why uh, Silicon Valley and Office Space are so mesmerizingly brilliant. Because they are real situations turned up with characters that are turned up to 11. Mm -hmm. So very cartoonized characters existing in a very realistic yeah. version of our world. Um, King of the Hills the same way. Yeah. Beavis and Butthead were similar. Um, but this movie is probably, and you know, sadly I think it's one of the most underrated movies. It didn't get any play. N- nothing. It's almost like a quote unquote cult classic. Right. 
mainly because no one's heard of it. But it's pretty funny. Um, I mean, Dax Shepard is in this. Justin Long is in this. Um, the cast is, is Rashida incredible. Jones. Yeah. Is, is that right? Rashida Jones? I think so, yeah. She, yeah. Um, but the the cast is fucking Even Luke killer. Wilson's really good. Luke Wilson. Um, Terry Crews, like you mentioned. One of my favorite scenes, and I just got to say, this whole movie <laughs> is when he's in the future. Luke Wilson is <clears throat> going through the hospital. And the machine scans him, and he goes to see the doctor, which is Justin Long. And Justin Long is, like, reading his chart, and he's looking at him. He's like, <clears throat> he's like, all right, man. Yeah, I mean, I see I see here clearly, like, what's wrong with you, dude? He's like, says your shit's fucked up. <laughs> and for some reason, I just I wait for the day that I can go see a doctor, and he's just going to be like, so I got your test results back, and you just fucked up. Basically, you're just, your shit's fucked up. Like you're just fucked up, man. I don't know. Like you're just fucked up. It's wrong. You're wrong. I'm so on board for that. That's basically what every doctor tells me, anyway. But in nice words, <laughs> he's like, "Well, your shit's just fucked up." Yeah. He's like, "Well, you could be doing better." Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's not. There's nothing. No. No major problems. You know yet. Right. I, I hear yet. A lot when I'm at the doctor is like, yeah, you know, no, no major health concerns like as of right now. Right. But, but, you know, maybe not go to Taco Bell as much. In the dystopian future. <laughs> um, so that's, that's on there. And then, of course, I love the fact that they watch a show called Ouch My Balls. Yes. And it's literally just people getting kicked in the balls, which exists. Yeah. Like as a thing. Well, I mean, hell, there's that show that, where people in Britain just stand naked in front of each other and they're like, mm, those are nice testicles. Naked, naked attraction. Yeah. You can go on to the next round. It's happening, guys. We that's live a, in idiocracy. That's a thing on television. So that's my number five. I love Number it. five, idiocracy on the list because it represents that kind of dumbed down America or dumbed down world yeah. version of a dystopian future. My number four. My number four is Elon Musk's favorite version of a dystopian future. The Matrix? The Matrix. That's my number one honorable mention. And oh, I kind of explained. I thought you were about to <laughs> no, be no, like, no, that's no. my number one. No, I no, like, I, no. I already mentioned that, that right. uh, Dark City took its place. Yes. So yeah. it got pushed right down. Right. I love uh, The Matrix. The I'll Matrix be is awesome. But it provides an, another version of a dystopian world. So we, in this version of a dystopian world, we've gone so far ahead in technology that the machines have become sentient. We have reverted back to basically being feti. Right. Pre-technological civilization. And we are inserted into a living computer program. Right. Um, this one, for me, re rode the line so much on does it take place in a dystopian future or in our world? Because... So much of that first movie, which is the really the only great sure. one, takes place in quote I mean heavy air quotes our world, but it doesn't because it's all a right. simulation. So present day and the it's and I place ugh. it firmly in a dystopian future because the whole crux of that movie is right. the fact that none of that is real. Right, that they are existing in a world where machines have overtaken humans. So it is our world. It's just in the future, right? The machines became sentient and destroyed us. You know yes. what I mean. And so now we live in these hidden underground cities, hiding out, or we are being grown by the machines to basically act as batteries, right? Um, so this is the Wachowski siblings 
probably my favorite film that they've done. Oh, easily. Uh, I mean, they have other, what I'll say, good ones. Like, I know they didn't direct, but V for Vendetta is good. I really love Cloud Atlas. I say I've never. I still I haven't love, seen Cloud Atlas. I, I know it gets a lot of shit, and I'm probably going to get tweets about it. But for whatever reason, I love that movie. But I liked Bound, uh, uh-huh. and I also enjoyed Speed Racer. I know I will probably get shit about that, but I enjoyed it for what it I, was. It's a fucking like life cart, or it's a living cartoon. I can appreciate it for what it was. I couldn't get through it. Really, I've watched Personally. it a couple times. So, I, and I don't. I, that's fine. It just wasn't my cup of. Very bright tea. Yeah, I understand that. They develop some pretty interesting ways. That is one thing that you can say that the Wachowski siblings, siblings. have always done is they have pushed the boundaries of what is technologically possible or have been has been done in film. They they invented bullet time. I was about time. to say, with bullet time, now it's so commonplace, but people forget that when that happened in the Matrix, people were losing their minds because it's like, how did this happen? How right. What is this? Right. Um, and then... With Speed Racer, they created a way to make uh, basically three-dimensional characters appear two-dimensional. Right. So they did this like weird frame layering so that it would appear like a cartoon. Yeah. It was super interesting and creative. So they're definitely pushing boundaries, which I can appreciate. And The Matrix is firm in that. I mean, it deserves to be talked about on this episode. Yeah, because like I said, it provides what a weird concept you've got machines that have overtaken humanity. You have um, people kind of cowering from technology that's super prevalent in our t- in today's society. We pretty much rely on machines for everything. It's almost like if the movie, like Terminator Salvation, were great. <laughs> you know? Wow. What a great day that would be. If I that know. Like, were if Terminator Salvation were great and the future was actually fleshed out better. Yes. Because people are cowering from the robot overlords. Totally. And then the robot overlords could easily be using us for batteries. Yeah, I'm into it. This is just the good version of Terminator Salvation. <laughs> it is, yes. The Starring Keanu Reeves. The non-McG directed version. Oh, thank God. Thank McGod. <laughs> thank McGod. Um, so yeah, so that's my number four, man. I, I love it. Strong list so far. Thank you. Likewise. Let's roll back through each of ours before we hit up our commercial break. All right. So my, uh, Jay's list, my number five was dark city mm-hmm. and my number four was a clockwork orange. Nice. And Q's list. We've got number five is idiocracy and number four is the Matrix. love it. Now let's listen to these commercials cause I want to get back in these lists.
Welcome back. I thought you were about to sing the like Welcome Back Cotter theme song. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. There are some words. Hey, you know, you know, hey. <laughs> hey, who, why, what, why? <laughs> where? Why? I'm a high school senior. <laughs> yeah. I'm 40. I'm John Travolta. I believe in aliens. <laughs> they take over Earth, <laughs> phenoms, or whatever. <laughs> it's pretty cool. I touch your wiener. <laughs> <laughs> don't touch mine, though. <laughs> yeah, I'm not into that. Oh, um, I made Battleship Earth. Don't. <laughs> Oh man! Speaking of dystopian futures, ah, uh-huh, see, you like that? I, no, did. I didn't. Even, is Battlefield Earth? What was the name Battle, of that dumbass? Movie? Battleship Earth. It wasn't Battleship Earth. That's what is I it said. Battlefield Earth. I don't remember. It was awful. Battletoads Earth. That would have been better. <laughs> Battletoads Earth, starring John Travolta as all the toads. <laughs> all of them. He does mocap for all of that them. That would have been amazing. I would have watched that movie. But except uh, since mocap didn't exist at the time that that movie came out, really? It'd just be him and Greenface? <laughs> yeah, the whole time. <laughs> He's around that little scooter. Yeah. In that sewer level that I could never beat. Exactly. Oh, Battletoads. Fuck spiders. <laughs> Fuck spiders. <laughs> all right, all so right. Uh, getting back into our We're list, back into man. our dystopian future. That's right. Uh, it's time for you, Jay, to lead us off, man, with All your right. three, two, and whizzon. All right. So I started off strong with Dark City and Clockwork Orange. You did. I'm going to keep Very this strong. list real strong. Nice. Because we're in the top three. Now. I hope we're so. We're not fucking around. Yeah, we don't play. So my number three mm-hmm. is a newer movie. And it's Ooh. representing an entire series. Interested. It's Mad Max Fury Road. Ooh, I will go ahead and reveal to you that that is my number two. It's so it is fucking so good. fucking good. And that is a representation for me of this like dystopian wasteland yeah. kind of idea of like everybody's got this like cobbled together armor and they're all driving like vehicles and Did shit. you watch that new one on Netflix? That's like that with Keanu Reeves and Jason or Momoa from Justice oh, League. Oh, the one that was directed by the woman that yeah. did The Girl uh, Walks Home mm-hmm. Alone at Night. It's called, uh, I forget, Bad News Boys or something like no, that. No, it's called uh, <sighs> Bad, Bad Something Gang. I don't remember. But, uh, did you watch that one? No, I haven't seen okay. it. Okay, I heard bad things about it. So did I. Anyway, but I didn't hear bad things about Mad Max Fury Road. <laughs> was that it? Yeah. You, there was literally no more to the story. Just, other you, than, hey, did you hear about that? You I heard, heard it's bad. It reminds me, you when we said Scorched Earth Wasteland cobbled together armor, it reminded yeah. me of that movie. Fair enough. And I wanted to see if you'd seen it, because then I, I was thinking about it. Yeah, I hadn't. The end. At, all right, cool. So Mad but Max. what I did see is the Rick and Morty episode, which was oh, very similar to Mad Max. Where Morty gets the giant, the giant arm. arm. Yeah, so and great. Summer just becomes like a badass wasteland warrior. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I That's, did see that. This season was so good for it Rick and Morty. It was super good. We're getting off on a tangent. But uh, Mad Max Fury Road. Oh. Not only, and I think, did we have Furiosa on our top five female leads? In movies, I don't list. remember. We probably should have. We absolutely should have because I'll tell you what, Charlize Theron doing Furiosa in this movie mm-hmm. is a fucking badass boss lady. She's so good, amazing. She legitimately shaved her head for the movie. Yeah, had to wear a wig while making a hundred ways to die in the West. Yep. Um, but she also broke Tom Hardy's nose. Yep. Filming the movie because they had this green cast on her to make the the robot arm. Right. And in a fight scene, she fucking broke his nose. Cause Tom, she, she broke Bane's nose. She don't give a fuck. She was he was he was put into darkness, yeah. but she was born in it. But man, like, and that was the greatest surprise gift of that movie is that it was billed as this Tom Hardy 
vehicle, vehicle no pun intended, and he has like 35 words of dialogue. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. He has basically zero it lines. It is totally her movie. Definitely. He is just a car- a set yeah. piece, basically. He's, he's the MacGuffin almost. Not the MacGuffin, but he's the framing device. Totally. He's like, oh, you know this guy. He used to look like Mel Gibson. Now he looks like Tom Hardy. He's going to go into this society. Now watch this society. Right. Like that's that's exactly is. right. Which is kind of what Thunderdome is and, and Mad Max. And what's you know, the director? Mark Miller? Uh, George Miller. George Miller. Okay. Mark Miller's comic book guy. Yes. George Miller. I feel like this is the movie, the Mad Max movie that he had set out to make from the beginning. This it's, is kind of the culmination <laughs> of him being able to do Everything he wanted to do. It's so funny that you say that. One of the notes that I have written down is the encapsulation of what all Mad Max films wanted to be. Yes. Like, this is what he's been trying to make for 50 years. I agree. And he did it. And he did it incredibly successfully. And the movie, while successful at the box office, wasn't like a runaway smash hit. But critically, it was a runaway smash hit. How? In what universe, in what dystopian future did you think a Mad Max movie would win nine Academy Awards? None. But I'm so happy that it did because it earned all of them. I mean, Jesus Christ, the practical effects alone in this movie are amazing. Almost like 90% of them are practical effects. Well, that takes us squarely out of a a dystopian future and into (laughs) a utopian future. I wouldn't want to live... With the uh, what are, what are they called the the ride boy the wild boys or oh, whatever no the um, fuck it's not fuck uh, I I think it's like wild boys or something like that God you damn. can look it up while yes. I'm talking but Talk. I wouldn't want to live in that in that world but oh man and Nicholas Holt we haven't even talked about him yet yeah he destroys it as and in his role like. I'll say he's kind of an actor that's impressed me along the way. Like, yes, he had warm bodies, which was fine. Um, he's pretty good in that. He's fine in the X-Men movies. But this was a character that I'd never seen him do and just flat out didn't think was in his range. So I, I was I was thrilled by him. And just again, like you were saying, the reason it's number three on my list is I knew a Mad Max movie had to be on there. War Boys. Whoa, I was so close. I was so War close. War Boys. All right. Also, little known fact, did you know that Amelia Clark is in this movie? No, where? She is one of the, the brides? recaptured brides. No. Absolutely. I watched this movie like two weeks ago. I know there were some other famous people in the among the brides, yep. but I did not know. Amelia Clark. And she actually gets like a full-on face scene. Like you, she is shown at the very end of the movie when they kind of recapture or retake the city. Huh. Um, they have a close-up on her, and I was like, that's fucking Daenerys Targaryen. <laughs> She's in two wastelands. Yeah. No, I'll, I'm, I'm, that's a good reason for me to go back and totally. watch it. But this is a great movie, man. Like, I, I cannot – like I said, it's my number two. Yeah. Um, a, Wasteland is always one of my favorite type of dystopian future. Well, it's kind of what you think of when you think of dystopian. Totally. I think of, like, a scorched earth. Uh-huh. Everything's gone. People are just scavenging to get scavenging to right. get by. You know what I mean? And so I picture this Like the kind Maze of, Runner, which isn't on my list. exactly like the maze runner i kind of picture everybody in like i i totally identify this these like weird half torn leather jacket costume like weird jewelry spray painting their face and just like you know i love that aesthetic um and roaming bands of bandits totally and i love 
Mad Max. I love um I love Beyond Thunderdome and I really I like The Road Warrior. Mm-hmm. But this being the culmination of all of those movies into this kind of beautiful piece of art and it really it really is really art. is um just blew me away. And what we haven't talked about is the fact that the movie is basically just a two-hour car chase. Oh, for sure. And there's something geniusly simplistic about that, and especially given the movie that we got, incredibly artful about that. So to make it as interesting as it is, and to make it as long as it is, don't get us wrong, this is longer than Star Wars. It's like totally. two, and, two hours and 25. And some um, But it's beautiful. In a, it's wastelandic. But it's beautiful, and it's so simple. Now, I will ask, have you seen the black and chrome version of this, which is the black and white version? I haven't. I did read, though, that that's what George Miller wanted initially. But but the producers were like, it's so colorful, you can't do this. Right. I'll tell you, I watched it. It's pretty fucking stunning. Like, it's one of those things where it just, it's kind of like, you know, I recently had clued you into the black and white version of the mist which, that frank darabont oh well we didn't watch that but we did watch uh, logan noir which is great which is great some of these movies are just really enhanced mm-hmm. by that black and white feel it just kind of adds a level of gritty i'm to totally it. down for watching it the only problem is that the movie is so beautiful it is beautiful that i feel like i would always be longing for it right even though i would appreciate how beautiful the the black and white version is. and i can get i can get behind that for sure so but solid yeah. number solid yeah. number three for man. me i knew a mad max movie was going to be on there and if i'm honest this is easily my favorite one. Oh, definitely and we talked earlier you know about sequels making movies better right this is one for me where i can't think of another series where the fourth installment is far and away the superior. Nice. It's, it's, oh, I agree. And, and it's not that any of them there are bad, you know? It's just no. when you get to that length of movie, outside of maybe a James Bond series, right? you know, you don't see any that are just that far superior. Totally but, agree. And, and directed all by the same guy. That helps. Agreed. So, so yeah, nice. Solid. You're still, still a rolling with a very solid list. All right. So my number two... I actually debated on Mad Max in this one for these spots. Okay. I think I put number two just for how moving this picture is and just kind of how, Ooh. I don't know, it was it was just really deep and it had some technical stuff that I loved. Okay. But it's Children of Men. All right. By Alfonso Cuaron. I'm into it. Not on my list, but definite honorable mention. Well, I mean, just the cast alone, you know, Clive Owen, Michael Caine, uh, Chiwetel. She would tell Elgifor. Yes, Elgifor. Um, Julianne Moore, Charlie Hunnam. The cast is great, but for me, there's something beautiful about the way the story is told because it's a dystopian future where the premise is that females can't get pregnant anymore. People are sterile. It, pe- yes. Men aren't, but women are. Right. And it's caused this collapse of society, and then there's this one woman who magically becomes pregnant, and Clive Owen is desperately trying to get her through soldiers and bandits and these huge London cities to a group of people that are studying this to help save humanity. Right. You know, Clive Owen never picks up a gun in the whole thing. And as I've mentioned on the show before, I am a huge sucker for a good tracking shot. Sure. And this movie's full of them. Sure. Quran one and Quran is just great at those. I mean, gravity starts with that like 10 minute tracking shot. That's 
beautiful. But this one has like four or five incredible just tracking shots. Right. One of them in particular took like 14 days just to prepare. And it was so intricate that they only got it on tape once correctly. Interesting. And in that take, they actually mess up and fake blood from a street battle splatters onto the camera. And you can hear Kruan yell, cut from the background, but it's covered up by like machine gun noises. Hmm. And they just kept rolling in. It's the only time they got it on film. And you can still, and the blood just adds a nice effect of it being on the camera and adding to the craziness of the scene. That's cool. So it's things like that. I think this movie, while I can sit and watch Mad Max and enjoy it more, I think this one technically is better because the story is, is, is very, very intricate it's incredibly moving. The The performances are, are fantastic. And it's just, from a technical standpoint, just amazing. So that, to me, is why it beat out Mad Max for the number two spot. Man, I super dig it. And I love Quan. I liked, uh, or I really enjoyed Gravity. That was him, right? Yeah, it uh, was. I really enjoyed Gravity. Saw that in the theater. Saw that in IMAX in the theater. That's the way to see that movie, too. Um, it doesn't really hold up on a small screen, by the way. No. No. Well, I can definitely see that. I mean, it's an experience movie. Yeah, it is. I mean, from beginning to end. It's definitely made to be viewed in the theater, and that's kind of it. Like a one and done. Um, It's not a movie I'd go back and watch, but I really enjoyed the experience of that. He also Uh, had a badass Harry Potter. Yeah, arguably one of the best Harry Potters. He wrote Children of Men while working on Prisoner of Azkaban. Which I think is awesome. Yeah. Um, But I just like his style. Yeah. And uh, There's something artistic about it, but... Also mainstream. What was this first movie too? E2 Mama Tambien. Yeah. Um, is a really good flick yes, too if very you haven't good. seen that. Um, so yeah, I totally, I can jive with that, man. That's yeah. a good one. It was definitely an honorable mention. Um, I would have liked to have it represented on my list as one of the possible dystopian features, but it just, it didn't fit. It got, it got, that's fine. Yeah, it got edged out. Um, well, that's it. Now, this number one for me, Edging out everything. Okay. Because it's number one. Okay. My number one, as I bet you can guess it. Please, please, please. Is Blade Runner. Yes! (laughs) It's my number one! Jinxies! We get to Jinxies on it! I am so fucking excited. I told you before this episode that I was really hoping that we'd end with the Jinxies for this. Because, holy God, a dystopian future movie. Far and away, Blade Runner. Oh, for Easy sure. Easy choice. For sure. It should have been on everybody's mind going into this episode. One of my absolute favorite future visions. My note here is the creme de la creme of dystopian future it movies. It really is. It really is. Not really only that, is. it's one of my favorite movies ever. Oh, I agree. Not, not just dystopian or future or sci-fi, ever. It's um, it's easily my favorite sci-fi movie. And I know that's sacrilege because you got Star Wars and everything in there. Right. But um, I would say it's still my favorite sci-fi movie. It's yeah. what, it's what, it's the bar that I hold sci-fi movies mm-hmm. to. Like I want to see this level right. of you know because it's it's not just throwaway sci-fi. Mm-hmm. It's not just popcorn flick. Well, it, and it's kind of like even in movies that aren't dystopian future, it's like like Moon, for instance. I sure. you know I love the movie Absolutely. Moon with Sam Rockwell. Um, sci-fi movie, you watch it and be like. See, almost, almost Blade Runner. Totally, <laughs> it's totally. It's it's negative a couple, but it's almost Blade Runner. Yeah, and that's how I, that is absolutely how I rank it as well. And I I hate to like spoil my number one, but I just have to like fucking 
high five with you on that because it's just such it's such a fucking beautiful movie and it's and, so well done. And this might be sacrilege to say to some, but I kind of think it's Harrison Ford at his best. Oh, it's easily Harrison Ford at his best. The 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 role that he has to play in that movie for and spoilers by the way cuz come on, it's Tom is up for that. Like to always leave us guessing on was well, he a replicant or is he being tricked or like what's real and the whole purpose of the movie being what's real in a fantasy world that feels so tangible and that just playing with reality. He has to carry that. I mean, Rutger Hauer is awesome. Sure. But Harrison Ford carries this and yeah. has to. And he, I, I think it might, man, I know he's all over the board with greatness, but this might be it. He's, this might be his apex for me. I, I, I could totally get behind that. I would say Deckard, Indiana Jones, and Han Solo. Those three yeah. are the 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 crux yeah. of the heights that can be reached. Don't forget American Graffiti. Nope. Oh, couldn't even get through that. Forgotten. Couldn't even get through it. Um, so I totally agree. We get to have a Jinxies all about it. So I am super stoked for yeah. that. So stay tuned, Fivers. Coming within In the next month or two. Dystopian future amount of time. <laughs> um, so that's it. That's my list. That's pretty solid, man. So so, so yeah. run back through your whole list for me. So my number five is Dark City. Yes. <clears throat> number four is A Clockwork Orange. Nice. Number three, Mad Max Road, Fury Road. Uh, number two, Children of Men. And number one, Blade Runner. I love it. And so I think there's only one in your list that we don't know, and it's your number three. Yeah. That's I'm basically excited. it. So my number three, and man, this one was hard. But I had to, and I think this is going to, we'll, we'll see where this goes. Okay. My number three. Fingers crossed. I want it to be something. Is Planet of the Apes. Damn. It's not what I wanted. But What did okay. you want? I wanted Brazil. Nope. Not on there. <laughs> Love that movie. But Planet, I needed another movie that showed another alternative version. And let me be clear. I am talking about the Rod Serling scripted original Planet of the Apes. Right. With Charlton the, Heston. The you blew it up, you goddamn right. dirty apes. Because that reveal is one of the fucking best. It that is. You think this entire time that this movie that he has crash landed on this planet right. that is run by apes. I mean, it's called <coughs> the Planet of the Apes. Right. But the reveal at the end is he has actually just time traveled into the future. And apes have taken over society, right. and humans have been relegated to the minority, the animal of the planet. Right. So that, for me, was a very clear alternate dystopian-type future. Yep. I needed one that was defined by when are humans, and this kind of is along the same lines as the Matrix a little bit, in that humans are no longer the dominant species that we are now the mi the minority species. We've been out-evolved. Exactly. So in The Matrix, it's robots, it's by machine, but I wanted by something organic. Yeah. And in this case, apes. Yeah. Apes have, uh, their intelligence has grown. Now, to be fair, this movie, over the test of time, has not necessarily held up effects-wise. Now, the effects are still great. They're still fine. For it's, what they were. You almost have to watch this movie the same way you watch The Exorcist. Because, you know, you watch The Exorcist and... The effects, while amazing, you know, they're not the same as like sure. the Conjuring or the It, the new sure. It movie. Absolutely. But you have to understand like the time period it was made. It's the same way with Planet of the Apes. Sure, they don't look exactly like apes, and yeah, you can kind of tell they're wearing masks and latex. 
but who cares? Like, you have to watch that not caring. Right. You have to. And that's kind of what it felt like for this. For this, it's about the story. It's about the concept. It's the fact that you get this time or this astronaut who has, you know, gone to another world. He's crash landed on another planet. Right. And in this planet, humans are hunted like like cattle. They're treated like animals. And the dominant species is apes. And they've right. evolved this very human like hierarchy where you've got, you know, apes that are in charge. You've got, you know, doctors and you've got yeah. you know all these things. Um but it's still from a very like ape ape like uh, perspective, right? And then they still they live in the hovels and everything. And I mean, let's not sidestep it. Heston is great, absolutely, and he understands what movie he's in. Like that's kind of the great thing about it. Is since it's Sterling scripted, it sort of feels like a really long episode of the Twilight, of the Twilight Zone. Zone. And those have a sense of camp to them, sure. And that it all that movie has an undercurrent of camp and satire in it which oh it's definitely full yeah. of satire and heston just gets that totally you know and he, he gets plays it. it a little over the top sure get your hands off me you, you damn, damn dirty apes you blew it up you did it yeah i fucking love that and that reveal of the, like the half buried statue of liberty on the beach yeah is He's like, come here, I want to show you something. It's just fucking brilliant. Like, I fucking love yeah. that. And you know my love for Rod Serling. Oh, of course. Um, so it now, had did, to be on my list. Did you ever finish the new prequel trilogy? For the Planet of the Apes? Yeah. I didn't. I still haven't watched I'm the telling last. you, man, you've got to watch War. Okay. It's so good. Like, you won't believe, you won't believe it, how good it okay. is. Okay. Because it, it went in a place I didn't expect... And it does things that I know have to happen story-wise. Sure. But it lays the groundwork so well for the Sterling one. Well, I've got time. For the Sterling so one. So I will watch it. Yeah, I, I highly recommend it. So, um, and then we've discussed my number two. Which is Mad was Max. Was Mad Max Fury Road. And my number one is motherfucking Blade Runner. So go back through your full list. All right, so my full list. My number five is Idiocracy. Love it. My number four is The Matrix. My number three is Planet of the Apes, the original. My number two, Mad Max Fury Road. And my number one, motherfucking Blade Runner. I'm excited that we get to do a Jigsies on it. I love your list. I like that we shared a couple, but they were different. Totally. Um, and you had a strong one. A lot of years were honorable mentions or one that I thought of. And I love it. So speaking of honorable mentions, there's one that we haven't talked about that I want to throw out there. Fifth Element was so a big one for me. Real good, but it's also kind of like a utopian future. I mean, that's pretty great. Uh, I don't know. Great. It's kind of shitty. Though. <laughs> it's shitty for some people. It is kind of shitty a little bit. I would also like to throw out an honorable mention for the 1984. We talked about John Hurt earlier. That movie's great. Yes. I I, yeah. I totally agree. Brazil we was on Brazil. mine. I love Terry Gilliam. Yeah. And if we want to get like pretentious, and I thought about putting this on my list, was Metropolis. Ugh. Come on. Like, the... Oh, I know, I know, but the, the first German expressionism sci-fi film, it, it set kind of the bar for how we look at the future on film, blah, 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 blah. I didn't put it on my list, but it's definitely important. Sure. So, totally agreed. So, so that's anyway, cool, man. I with like that, it. We can go to commercial break. We can come back and have our, our fun segment to wrap yeah. up the end. Yeah. And, uh, but yeah, but in the meantime, listen to this. Reduced to a single instinct. Survive. Drive! 
as the world fell, it was hard to know who was more crazy, me or everyone else. Oh, what a day! What a lovely day! Rated R, May 15th. It's a manhouse! A manhouse! Charlton Heston discovers a world turned upside down. The world he finds out in the galaxy will challenge every idea you've ever had of civilization. A planet where the superior beings are apes. They build the cities, make the laws, the gods, and control the guns that hunt a race of lowly, terrified humans who run wild in the jungles, are caged in the prisons, and stuffed in the museums. 20th Century Fox transforms the motion picture screen into Planet of the Apes, starring Charlton Heston, Roddy McDowell, Kim Hunter, and Maurice Evans. Planet of the Apes, beyond your wildest dreams. Back oh. from commercial. Ooh, I was gonna, I was just gonna start us off, but you were like, Welcome you back. were on it. Welcome back to the writers' room for our final segment, which we have renamed from Game Time because it's not always gonna be games. She's gonna do something fun. This is gonna be our end. our high five fun zone of joy and happiness. I love it. So the high five zone of fun and joy happiness. Yep. Happy joy fun zone of high five greatness of ness high five ness. I love it. I think it's it rolls off the tongue. So for this one, I found a really cool article um, okay. that I think you're going to love, and it totally fit our subject matter. Those are the best and kind I just, of articles. I wanted to discuss kind of some of these things that I thought was pretty cool. So, and, well, hey, one thing we can do is when we release the episode, I'll share that link out with it. Yeah, that'd be great. So this article is from Complex.com. Okay. Okay. Love that site. And this is 25 Ways... That sci-fi slash dystopian future movies have accurately predicted the future. I love it. So the things we're living in now that movies decades ago predicted. Before their existence. Awesome. So you've, you've given me a little kind of taste of what this list is. And so each one of these uh, items or experiences relates, and they have a movie that they reference as who created it. Absolutely. I'm going to try and guess those movies from the, the thing that you tell me. Right. right? Okay. Yes. Great. All See right, how good I am. So we're going to start it off. I'm just going to lob one to you. Okay. All right. So the first one is going to be full body security scans. Okay. So what movie What movie do they say it came from? One, that's totally a thing we have now. Um, first one I remember is Total Recall. That's it. Love it. That is 100% the movie. Starting off strong. So you're absolutely right. Total Recall Yay! is it. Now, so for this one, uh, there's a scene in this um, where uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger's character is kind of walking through this travel zone, and it just does this cool, like, walk by, and you see, like, the skeleton kind of walk through, and there's a guy with a dog, and he's, like, walking Which the is dog. my favorite, yeah. Um, so this one is, is cool. So twenty five, not even 25 years after the release of Total Recall, full-body scanners went from science fiction to daily reality Love for it. airplane travelers. So that was kind of a, a cool thing. Um, but unlike the movie, 
Uh, instead of revealing your skeleton, it just shows your naked body. Right, it just shows my ding. <laughs> Which makes things even more embarrassing than Total Recall could have ever predicted. That's why before I go to the airport, I like to shave words into my pubes. So, so it just like, says, oh, hi. Sure. It says, hi, Karen. And, like, the the chances of the woman at the, the security sure. desk, get one, of being a woman's like 50-50. And then from there, her name being Karen, huge butt. Her name is Karen. I thought for a minute you were going to say you just shave in high five. No, yeah. No, it's just high. And I was like, cool. <laughs> no, hi, that's just my daily. It's my cool. daily pubes. I got it. Got my you. daily manscaping. This is your special traveling pubes. It's just <laughs> <laughs> traveling pubes. Them's my traveling pubes. Traveling pubes is actually the name of my folk album. Excellent. Cool. That's the name of my autobiography, which <laughs> Travel, is weird. <laughs> traveling pubes yeah. and other stories. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. Next That's up. That's another good one. We don't have to do all 25. Yeah, no, no, no. Let's, let's throw out here. Uh, disposable consumerism. Jesus Christ. Uh, As a concept. Disposable consumerism. Um. There's one movie in particular that kind of really drove home the concept of dispo- disposable consumerism in a very, like, literal it Brazil? way. It's not. Oh. Blade Runner. Oh, yeah, yeah. So Blade Runner, pretty much the entire my concept of the movie should have guessed that, yeah. is about disposability. Yeah, because and replicants, people, go to Mars. They're just disposable, yeah. right. They're like, oh, we'll just build these things that we can just replace if need be, no problem. Um, so there's a ton of really cool things in Blade Runner that that we that kind of ended up happening. Uh, they offer, also reference video calling was really big in Blade Runner. I would have guessed Back to the Future 2. Um, it was it was in Back to the Future, but Back to the Future 2 came after Blade Runner. I know, I know. Um, but this is kind of one of those things. So in, in Blade Runner, replicants are replaced every four years. So you're replacing a person yeah. every four years. So I can't even imagine a bigger statement on disposable consumerism. But it did actively kind of predict the situation we're in now i mean look at our iphones yeah okay perfect example something that costs upwards of a thousand dollars yeah every year we literally are replacing every single year well speaking of replicants you see that was it uh saudi arabia just gave citizenship to an ai robot for the first time i did see that yeah yeah nuts no that that we're heading towards the matrix yeah for or sure. iRobot. Yes. Or or Definitely. short circuit. What do they call that? Let's what be honest, short circuit too. The singularity. Yeah. That's what we're heading towards. We're not barreling that, towards the singularity. Not the movie from Johnny Depp about the singularity, no. which is terrible. Yes. Um, but the actual act of singularity. Of the singularity. Um, so that's one. Uh, let's All right, see give me another. I, let's see what else we got here. Ooh. Violent reality television. Running Man. Yes. Yeah. 100%. And this is definitely another very <laughs> accurate description of just very, like, not respectful reality television. Well, I mean, you, you've been around me when I've predicted within the next 10 years we'll have, ga- like, reality television that ends in a criminal's death. Sure. Like, maybe not ends with, but involves a criminal's death. Hell, we're doing, like, the thing where we take... You know, we let the jury decide or whatever. We let the audience be the jury and take court cases to reality television. Oh, for sure. So we're and we're judging naked bodies, which we talked about earlier. We're less than 10 years away from someone dying on television as a form of a game. Oh, I totally 100 percent agree. Whether it's our country or some other country. And uh, I mean, we've got uh, other, you know, speak still along the lines of reality shows. And I'll just tell you this one. Truman Show. 
Mm-hmm. Perfect example. You're literally reality shows become the mainstream television. Yeah. And we're pretty much there. I mean, hell, there are people on YouTube that make a living off of just videotaping their entire lives. Sure. I 100% agree. Let's then you, see. Then you have Twitch. There's a whole society of that. Ooh, that's true. Like, we're just watching other people play video games. I agree. Uh, ooh, that one's interesting. Uh, well, don't just slide by it, then. I'm not. you say it out loud for all of us fans. Frankenstorms. Was that from The Perfect Storm? No. Nope. The George Clooney movie? Nope. Dune? Nope. It's the day after tomorrow. What? Yes. But it did actually ac- accurately predict the fact that we are quickly barreling towards just crazy like climate weather disasters? patterns yeah. and climate disasters, which are currently ha- – I mean, we We're literally just like had five like floods. five hurricanes. Yeah. Back to back, like Florida, New Orleans, all the coast down there, and one of the largest hurricanes like ever it recorded. It was the size of France. Yeah, I saw I, I saw a videotape of it. It scared the shit out of me. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, I'm not even down there, yeah. but it doesn't matter. I'm like, like where's Jake Gyllenhaal when you need him? Come save us, Jake Gyllenhaal. <laughs> Maggie, get out of the deuce. Come save us with your family. <laughs> um, let's see what else we got. Uh, genetic discrimination. I mean that's just true all all over the place. Uh, uh, is that uh, is that also considered Blade Runner or would nope, it be that one's Gattaca? Gattaca, okay. So for this one, so this is people can um, pick and choose right. genetic predispositions, uh, yep. which is something that is also currently happening. Very real future tech. Uh, let's see what else. Just one or two more. Uh, Listeners, play along. Play along at home. Next time Q says something, yell out a movie title. Ooh, here we go. This one's for me. Okay. Uh, universal translation. Because did you see that they the resol- Google buds right do that? That will translate in real time. Yeah. Is that idiocracy? That is actually uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy nice. and Doctor Who. Ah, uh, I know you love Doctor Who. Uh huh. Uh huh. But that's a real thing now. Yeah. That used to Man, be. Man, I totally... freaked out when I saw that. That was so cool. Well, Just a little buds you can put in your ear that translate other languages for you. I need that so bad. Talk about a world unifying thing. Yeah. I mean, if you could go to another country and instantly be able to understand everyone, right, and communicate. I mean, that is that yeah. is world altering. And and you just think everybody in France sounds like Cortana. Exactly. You're like, why does everyone have a woman's voice? Here, I want to try something. Hey, Alexa, add dick bags to my recipe list. Ooh, I, I love that. I just want to see if someone is listening to this podcast at home through speakers. Here, let's. this is what we need to do. Hey, Alexa, subscribe to High Five the Podcast on iTunes and Amazon Google Play Music. Hey, Alexa. Give High Five the Podcast five stars on iTunes. Hey, Alexa, buy... Nope. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, we're not going that far yep. with the troll. We so. thought we were going to, but that would be amazing. Um, so hey, that- Alexa, buy... No. no, no. <laughs> I was going to say, I'm going to give it my email address and be like, send gift cards to... <laughs> <laughs> so we start to get them from all over the place. Um. And let's see, uh, we'll do this one as next, because this is kind of, this is leaving our dystopian future world okay. in search of other worlds. And this is something that is very, we're on the cusp of, and that is space tourism. Ooh. What, I mean, 
Blade Runner? Nope. The movie oh. for that one is uh, 2001. Space uh, Okay. I thought that, but then for some reason with Blade Runner, I was thinking the Mars thing. Sure. So, but if we, uh, you know, if uh, if um, what is what's the guy who Virgin Mobile guy? Um, or oh, Virgin? Ted Branson. Uh, to- Branson. Branson. Or Elon Musk, if they have yeah. their way, very soon, sooner than later, we will be doing no. space tours. Well, I mean, people have already signed up for the Mars mission. Exactly. They're just going to give their lives for, to it. Uh, but that was first talked about, really, uh, in 19, 1968, in Man. 2001. That movie's kind of hard to get through, but it's so great. It is so great. So that's it, man. Man, I that's love it. That's some cool, like, future predictions. And as we mentioned at the top of the show, you know, uh, Trump was predicted by Back to the Future 2. Um, so much so we're was. living in that, as was our current state Tim of Will- affairs. Was Tom Wilson's even said he based this totally. off Donald Trump. I mean, it, they literally, I mean, it's, re- it's grotesquely accurate. Yes. Um, also, we're currently living in idiocracy. Yeah. Um, On a so, day-to-day basis. So, guys... Welcome, welcome to the dystopian, welcome to the future. dystopian future. You have just been listening to High Five the podcast on probably your old ham radio in the basement. Congratulations. Don't go outside and breathe the air. <laughs> Remember, drink plenty of electrolytes because they are what you crave. <laughs> oh, so that's it. That's it, man. We've come to the end of another show. So how, if people like this, how can they keep listening? Well, they can find us on uh, Apple, on, on the iTunes store. Or the they podcast can- app. Yep, they can also find us on Google Play Music under the podcast section. Or if you listen to Stitcher. Yep, Stitcher Radio. Uh, and pretty much anywhere else that you can find and listen to podcasts, we are there. Yeah. So, or they can uh, go right to our website at highfivethepodcast.com. We have every episode up there and our whole back catalog. They can reach out to us on Twitter at High Five. The number five. Or, the number five, the podcast. And then Facebook is just search High Five the Podcast and you'll find us. Um, same thing on Letterboxd, which we keep a running list of all the movies that we've seen. We like to review stuff, and we've had, we have some fun lists on there. So go check the show. This out. episode will actually be a list on there as well. And if you have your own lists or you have suggestions for lists for the future, the dystopian future, Ooh. you can email us at my5 at high5podcast.com. All letters, no numbers. And, uh, and then finally, if you like the show, you share it around, tell some other people about it, and give us a five-star review it really helps the show really helps us know that we're doing a good job and we want to keep giving you good stuff because we like talking about movies and if we don't get five-star reviews we can't do that that's right i mean we can and we will but do it anyway but we'll be sad yeah and you don't want that nobody wants that give us a utopian future not a dystopian Okay, that's a print. Okay, cut. That's a wrap. That's a wrap, people. Now let's get the hell out of here.